Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're going to continue on in our series, and that is the whole issue of how do we know that we are genuine believers, genuinely saved? How do we know that we are Christians? And so John, in his his epistle here, his first epistle, has been talking a lot about that. And so we've looked at several different things about the way we live and so forth. Now he's going to talk about the presence of someone in your life. There is another way for you and I to know whether or not that we are truly believers in Jesus Christ, and that is because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so he's going to talk about that with us this morning. So I want you to look with me at the first six verses of chapter 4. He writes this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this we know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in flesh is not of God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, And you have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. One of the issues that John was dealing with in his time was the issue of many people coming and saying that they were Christians, many people coming and saying that they were teachers of the gospel, but rather they were false teachers or false professors. But what I mean by that is their profession was false. Their profession of Christ was false. They said they were Christians, but they weren't Christians. And he said, here guys, here's how you can tell whether or not they are truly of God. And that's the issue of the presence of the Spirit of God. And so let's look, first of all, at an encouragement that he gives as we try to consider everything that he's telling us here today. The encouragement we find in verse 1, he says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone into the world. The first thing he tells you and I, as we consider our Christian lives as we consider the issue of the reality of Christ in our lives, and that's this. He tells us, don't believe everything you hear. We live in an interesting age now. You can turn on the radio, and chances are in any area you might come across two Christian radio stations. If you live in a city, you might even come across three radio stations. And on those radio stations, you'll hear a lot of people get on there, and they will have their messages, and they will profess to you everything that they're teaching or whatever. But not everything they teach is right. Not everything they teach is of God. You can turn on your TV and you can have whole channels dedicated towards what is called Christian. But my friends, not everything you see on TV is right. 
And not everything that you hear is right. For instance, there's a message out there that says that God wants everybody to be healthy and wealthy. Now, as I look out across you folks here, we're doomed, aren't we? There's a flu bug going around. We must have done something wrong. But if you listen to those messages, you begin to get swallowed into that kind of thinking. Or you listen to a guy who says, look, if you send me a seed gift, God will multiply it a hundred times. The only one that's being multiplied is his bank account. And he says, don't believe everything you hear. You have a responsibility to examine even what I say to you. And In fact, your responsibility comes from what? This verse. And what does he say here? Don't believe every spirit. Don't believe everything everybody tells you. Hopefully, you didn't just fall off the apple cart yesterday. And as you go along in life, you begin to listen to things and you begin to realize, no, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense what he's saying. And how you know it doesn't make sense is because you read the Bible yourself. And so he encourages you and I to don't believe everything. So if we're not to believe everything, what does he want us to do? Verse 1 tells us, but test the spirits. What's the next point he says here? Put everything to a test. Put everything to a test. Listen, if you come to Sunday school here and you hear me say something that sounds, boy, I get up and I say this, this key phrase. I found something new in the Bible. Immediately, a red flag should shoot up in your mind. Because I'll be honest with you, the Bible's been around a long time. How can anybody, quote, find something new? There's nothing new. It's the same old message. The same old story. The same old message of salvation. The same old way to live, the Bible says. There's nothing new there. So you put everything to the test. So you say, okay, let me see what, what's he saying new. And I say to you that the new thing I found in the Bible is that everybody needs to drink iced tea, sweetened, no lemon. Sad thing is, is that some people would actually believe that. And you might see them at a, at, at a restaurant. And they're asking for iced tea, no lemon, sweetened. And you say to them, you never liked iced tea. Why are you drinking iced tea now? Didn't George say? We laugh at that, but how many people do that, though? Put everything to the test, he says. Put everything to the test. So here's how he goes. So when somebody comes to you and says they're of Jesus... Somebody comes to you and says they're a believer. Somebody comes to you and says they're a Christian. Don't believe what they say. Put them to the test. What's the test? The Word of God. Check their life out against the Word of God. Check them out. So what do we do to check them out? He says, look, first of all, then, for the evidence of the Spirit. So let's notice verses 2 to 4. He's going to talk about this. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the, in the flesh is, is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Three things I want you to notice about the evidence of the Spirit. How do you know the genuineness of someone's life? The first thing is this. The Spirit affirms that Jesus is God. 
The Spirit affirms that Jesus is God. That's the first thing you need to notice. What do they say about the person of Jesus Christ? I could just watch the talk shows or watch the news shows. And they'll find any kind of person who's, quote, got a doctorate in something or has got a whole bunch of degrees, has got a big title in front of his name, reverend, a most reverend person, somebody or another, and they'll put them on there and you just need to listen to what they're saying to know whether or not they are really who they say they are. And what you need to listen for is what they say about Jesus Christ. And if they say that Jesus Christ is God in flesh, that He came in flesh, and that's what we just celebrated with Christmas, is the incarnation, God becoming man, then you know that there's something genuine about Him. But I'll be honest with you, most of the people that you'll hear on a lot of these talk shows will deny that. They'll say He was just a nice teacher. Oh, He was a tragic figure from history. He was a guy who got a bum rap. And so you got to do is just listen to what they're saying. And he says that the Spirit affirms that Jesus is Lord. Listen, the evidence of God's Spirit in your life is the presence of the Holy Spirit affirming in your life the truth that Jesus is God. You want to know if you're a Christian? Then you'll have the Holy Spirit affirming in your life that He's Lord, that He's God, and that He saved you. And the Holy Spirit will do that. He will affirm in your life continually the superiority and the supremacy of Jesus in your life. Continually. But then he goes on and says that that which denies Jesus is false. That which denies Jesus is false. Look with me now at verse 3. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. It's not a question that they're maybe misguided. Oh yeah, they're misguided. It's not that they're sincerely wrong. Oh yeah, they're sincerely wrong. But the Bible flat out says, John flat out says, that they are false. That they are wrong. So when you're listening to someone, and if they're not pointing you to the person of Jesus, the one who came and died for you, the one who gave his life for you, but rather they're pointing to something else and they're denying that he is who he is, You need to mark it down in your mind that they're false. And let me tell you something. Turn the TV off. Don't go back and look at that station again. Turn the radio off. Don't listen to that program again. Take that book. Throw it in the garbage. Because it's not what it says it is. Because if it is what it is, then it would say that Jesus is who? God. And I'll be honest with you, he has to be God for you to have salvation. He has to be God for you to have salvation. And so that which denies Jesus is false. But there is something else I want you to understand. As we look at our lives, as we examine our lives, whether or not we are believers in Jesus Christ, as we try to discern the Spirit of Christ in our life, John points out one other thing that a lot of us quote a lot of times, and that's verse 4. Notice what he says. You are of God, little children. And have overcome them. Who's them? Overcome the false teachers. Overcome the falsehood in this world. Overcome those around you who serve the enemy. You have overcome them because 
He who is in you, who's that? The Holy Spirit, is greater than what? He who is in the world. Who's in the world? Satan, your enemy. So what's he saying here? The Holy Spirit in you is greater than the enemy. I want to be honest with you, there's one thing that frustrates me, and it's the immaturity of Christians. And this is how the immaturity is expressed. It is a frustrating thing for me as a pastor to hear immature Christians talk in fearfulness about the enemy. Oh yes, he's smart. You need to be aware of that. Yes, he's powerful, but he's not all-powerful. Yes, he has a lot of understanding. He's studied humanity for a long, long time. And he is a serious enemy, but I'll be honest with you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You and I need to understand that. You don't need to fear the enemy. Greater is he who is in you, the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? God. If you have trusted Jesus Christ in your life, God himself lives within you. And greater is he, God, than he who he created. So there's no reason. So when I hear somebody who's so fearful of the devil, I recognize immediately that they're immature. They don't understand. They don't understand that the marks of a genuine Christian is, is that they have God himself living within them. And he's greater than anything around. Greater. Isn't that an awesome thought? And see, that's the evidence of it. So then he tells us, now, here's the standard by which we test. Here's how we can distinguish between that which is wrong and that which is right. And we're going to spend a little bit of time here before we close. Look with me, verses 5 and 6. They are of the world. Therefore they speak as of the world. And the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So if I'm going to distinguish the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, if I'm going to look at this as a mark of genuine faith, if I'm going to test, because I can't believe everything, I've got to put everything to the test, what standard do I use? And so he gives us two different things. The first thing he tells us is the standard of the world and what it reveals to us. And so here's what he says. The world tells people what they want to hear. The world tells people what they want to hear. If I'm going to use a standard, John says, to distinguish the presence of the Holy Spirit, if I'm going to distinguish between what is false and what's right, I need to look, use two criterion to know what's right and what's wrong. And the first criterion I need to know is, is what they are saying or what they are living according to the message of the world. Can I be honest with you? The sad thing is is that for many of us, we fall into this category. Not because we want to, but because it's how we live. You say, what do you mean? Think about your everyday life and how you live your life. Think about how you make your decisions. I'm not talking about what color socks to put on or what shampoo to use or or what underarm deodorant to buy. Forget that. That's not the kind of decisions I'm talking about. But you think about decisions that you have to make that might impact your life. You think about those decisions and you decide which standard do you use? 
There is another standard, which is the Holy Spirit, and I'll talk about that in a moment. There's another standard which the Holy Spirit uses, and that's the Word of God. We'll talk about that in a moment. But there's a standard which the world uses, which everyone does. Which standard do you use? For instance, I'll give you an example. A, a distressing thing that's happening in our churches, happened in our churches for a long, long time, is Christian people marrying non-Christian people. Now, the standard of the Word of God says, Be not unequally yoked to unbelievers. For what fellowship has light with darkness? But I'll be honest with you, recently that's been just thrown out the window. Gone. Because the world says, if you love them, marry them. That's the message of the world. In fact, that's a whole lot more appealing than what the Bible says. But there's a reason why the Bible says what it says, because God knows the heartache you'll go through if you marry an unbeliever. God knows the pain in your heart you will suffer as you continue to pray that that person you love and that person that you're married to would one day come to know Jesus. That you know and love. See, there's a reason why God says what he says. A lot of times it's to spare us the pain and suffering of this world. But we choose the world standard. We choose the way the world does things. And see, the world will tell you what you want to hear. Oh, you like cheeseburgers? Go right ahead. Eat 15 of them at a time. Don't bother reading the fine print, though. Indulge. See, the world will tell you what you want to hear. In fact, you have guys today. In fact, Paul says this in his letter to Timothy. He tells Timothy, you know, preach the word, be in season and out of season. Why? Because there will be a time when people will no longer tolerate the truth, but rather will heap to themselves. That is, they will bring to themselves teachers who will what? Tickle their ears. See, we'd rather have somebody tell us things that, Ooh, I like that. Boy, he's not stepping on my toes. He's telling me the things that I want to hear. And see, that's what he's saying is the world, verse 5, will tell people what they want to hear. But see, there's another standard. You've got the standard of the world and the way the world does things. Or you have God's standard, which is His Word. And so, verse 6 then tells us this. The Scripture is our standard. The Scripture is our standard. How are you living your life? Now, let me just stop for a moment. When I say the Scriptures are standard, sometimes we get so messed up because we've been in church so long. What does that mean, George? Let me tell you what it does not mean. It is not the list of rules that somebody came up with that you can't find in the Bible anywhere. That's not what he's talking about. Thou shalt keep those rules. And a lot of people are trying to, quote, keep those rules, but they can't keep them. Well, there's a reason why you can't keep them. He never gave them to you. But the standard of the Bible is is that there's so many things that the Bible does tell us that we need to do. I'm going to be honest with you, those are just hard enough as they are just to do those things. What, what kind of things? Like, he's talked about a lot in this epistle. Love each other. Boy, if that's all we did this week was just focus on that one, I can tell you, we'd have a tough time, wouldn't we? Just to love each other. How about this one? Forgive each other. As you have been forgiven. Ooh, do we have to do this one this week, George? Yeah. 
See, our standard by which we judge things as the genuineness of our lives is not what the world says to do and how the world does things, but our standard is what the Bible says. What the Bible says. And I can discern the Spirit of God in my life by what standard I'm following. See, because if the Spirit of God is in my life, what is He going to gravitate my life towards? Following which standard? He's going to gravitate my life towards following His standard rather than the standard of the world. And if I deviate and start following the standard of the world, what does He do? He convicts me. He starts telling my conscience, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You know that's not right. And so He gives us a standard by which we can test. Look, that's why we place so much importance. Like, let me give you a, an advertisement. I'll stop for an advertisement. If you notice in your bulletins, you've got a Bible reading card. Why do we put those Bible reading cards in there? Because we want you to read the Bible. We had, Lori and I have a friend in Canada who used to say to me, Oh, George, if I don't hear you on Sunday, I just can't get through the week. And I felt bad for her because that's like saying, George, if I don't have a pizza pizza, one piece a week, I can't get through the week. Because, I mean, a sermon is just like a piece of pizza. You need a whole smorgasbord. You need a whole buffet. And the only way that you're going to get the buffet for your spiritual needs is for you to read the Word of God. So that's why we put the Bible reading cards in there for you. So you have something to read for that day. That's why we give you the daily breads. So that you have something to read for that day. Because it's the only way you're going to know what the Bible says and the only way that you're going to start living according to that standard rather than following what? Whatever the world standard is. And let's be honest, the world standard changes, doesn't it? The world standard changes. It's continually changing. The things that are accepted today were not accepted 50 years ago. What do you think of those things 50 years ago? They weren't accepted 40 years ago. They weren't accepted 30 years ago. Now we do accept them. Why? Because the world is constantly changing. And listen, to be honest with you, 20 years from now, that which we don't like today will be okay 20 years from now. So which standard? As we try to distinguish the Spirit of God in our life, we need to recognize what standard are we following. So let me give you two thoughts. Ask yourself this question. What standard guides your life? Say, what do you mean by that, George? Here's what I mean. Let's take your job for a moment. Let's get, let's kind of, let's rubber heat, meet the road. Let's take the job for a second. Let's say you're in an industry and everybody else around you, maybe your fellow workers are doing it, or maybe you're in fellow in your business, they all do opt to do a certain practice that's wrong. Maybe it cheats your employer, maybe it cheats your customer, but you all decide to do the same thing because that's what everybody else is doing. You know that the Bible gives you standards for how you are to work and how you are to, because you're working not just for your employer or for the boss or for yourself, you're working for God. The question is, what standard are you using for how you work? How you treat your customers? How you treat your employees? How you treat your boss? What, what standard are you using? Is it the Bible? 
and what the principles that are in the Scripture, or is it because everybody else is doing it? So if everybody else lines up 15 minutes before it's time to clock out, and you're just kind of all waiting around there, shooting the breeze, talking about the game, and the fact that Bill Cower resigned or whatever, and you're mourning that, or you're happy about that or whatever, and then you're waiting for your time just to flick the, your card through or whatever it is, or punch out or whatever, you need to ask yourself, am I doing this because they're doing it, or am I doing it because it's the right thing to do? What standard are you using? Hey, here's another one. Hey, the end of this month, you get your W-2s. Or your 1099s, or whatever it is. And so guess what comes up? Tax season. Wonderful, isn't it? Everybody's excited. Tax season. Everybody else says, fudge. So you do what everybody else says, and maybe you cheat on your taxes. Or you do what's right. And you say, well, they won't know that I got that little bit there. Well, it's got to be a significant mark for you not to mark it down on your taxes. Well, he doesn't need it. I need it. What, what standard are you using? What standard are you using? What standard are you using? Can I be honest with you? Let me just make a little side note here. It's interesting. They're saying now, the Southern Baptists are saying that their biggest concern right now is the fact that 90% of their young people once they get 18, quit going to church. And so they're trying to come up with all these different programs to plug in one hour to get them indoctrinated to stay in the church. You know, I think the problem is is that maybe they're overlooking the real issue. And the real issue is, is that for the other hours of the week, they maybe saw mom and dad living by a different standard. And if faith didn't mean that much to them that it would change the way they lived their life, then why have faith? Do you, know, you see what I mean? That's convicting to me. It's convicting to Lori and I. Do we really live before our kids what we believe? Do we really live what we believe? And so the question is, what standard guides your life? Is it Jesus? Or is it what the world says? Is it? What's the standard? The second thing you need to ask yourself is this. Do you sense the Holy Spirit in your life? And you can sense Him in different ways. You can sense Him in an encouraging way where He encourages you as He gives you strength to go on, as He gives you wisdom. Those are positive ways. But you can also experience Him in a negative way. What do you mean by that? You can experience Him in a negative way because one of the ways that the Holy Spirit works in your life is that the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. When you're not doing right... Does the Holy Spirit convict you? Does He slay your conscience? Does He tell you you're doing wrong? Do you sense the Spirit of God in your life? See, that is the evidence of whether or not you're a believer. Oftentimes I'll have somebody come and say to me, Oh, I must not be a Christian because I did this. And I'll say, Well, you know, the very fact that you're feeling this about what you've done is an evidence of God's working in your life. Is an evidence of the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one who convicts you of your sins. So as we look at the whole issue of the marks of genuine faith, the issue comes down to, basically, back to that encouragement. Don't believe everything you hear or see. You'll meet a lot of people who tell you, Oh, I love Jesus. But what standard they use to live by is what? The world rather than the Scripture. 
tested. Does their life profess Jesus? Or does their life deny Jesus? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.